Hey, hey, everybody, Cable Smith, welcoming each and every one of you into another edition of Campfire Conversations, the bonus content that you'll get only on our podcast feed, which you can find on our website, or, I mean, if you're listening to this, you already know how to find it, so uh, thanks for being here, whether that's on Apple or Spotify, Stitcher, whatever, doesn't matter to me, I'm just glad you're here, we've got another interesting discussion to get into with Ben Cassidy, uh, Director of Government Affairs over at Safari Club International. Uh, but before that, you know what? I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Tis the season. Uh, and, and I truly feel it. Like, when Christmas comes around, maybe try to just be a little bit nicer to a stranger today. A smile. Uh, open the door for somebody. Things that a lot of people already do, right? And, and I try to make it a point to do those things. But even more so during the most wonderful time of the year. So uh, just just make a little extra effort. It might change someone's day for the better. Um, okay, well, let's bring him on right now. Like I said, Safari Club's Director of Government Affairs. It's my pleasure to welcome SCI's Ben Cassidy back to the show. Always. Thanks for having me back on. Happy uh, December. Yeah, I can't believe it, dude. I'm I told you a second ago the the sits are piling up and the buck tags are not being punched. So yeah. I I'm not as mad at at animals as I used to be. Like I get took it personal if I ate a tag, but it is annoying me that uh, <laughs> I, and part of it's because I'm not gonna lie, I've taken my kids on a lot of those sits, and they're not the quietest human beings on the face of the planet. So. Um, but yeah, it's starting to piss me off. <laughs> I don't, I don't hear you blaming your kids, but, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, no, uh, deer season's been good. I've seen more rutting activity than I've ever witnessed. It's been, it's been awesome. So lots of time in the stand and, uh, the patients will pay off eventually. You're going to Arkansas next week. This week. Yeah. So oh, I'm headed week. out there on, uh, Wednesday for the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation has a National Assembly of Sportsmen's Caucuses. So all the different mm. pro hunting legislators at the state capitals meet up once a year. Um, in Arkansas cancel. during December. How convenient. I know. It was just randomly selected. I don't, I don't know how they came up with this plan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll be in Little Rock, not too far from Stuttgart. Mm. Um, yeah, it should be a good mix of finding out what's happening, what the, you know, the threats are, the opportunities, but also where the Ballards. birds are. And everything yeah. I've heard is... They've been held up in Arkansas talking to folks in Mississippi. It's going to be warm there while I'm there, though. I think it's going to be like in the 60s, high 60s, low mm -hmm. 70s. So I'm a little concerned. And that's not normal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We went, uh, I went duck hunting Saturday, last Saturday, and uh, we never fired a shot. So, like, one. of course, we picked up at 8.15. It was so foggy, and uh, we were all dads. We had other obligations like it was just a quick get out like a local hunt and um as soon as we picked up i think i had to get to soccer yeah all my kids had soccer tournaments but of course this one lone duck just lands right like we're just sitting there just talking and this duck just comes and lands in the spread just to like here's the middle finger for you guys you know <laughs> uh have a nice day <laughs> 
Yeah. But yeah, we need some cold weather, dude. Like I I've said it many times, uh, last season was the worst duck season we've ever had. I personally, since I've been a waterfowler. So I'm hoping that we get some serious cold fronts and that, uh, hopefully, and, and maybe, maybe, uh, Arkansas will, will be as fortunate. I hope but, so. Yeah. I, I was, when I was deer hunting, I think I, I took my boots off, unzipped my shirt. I, I mean, I was so hot that I like undid my belt and unzipped my pants. I mean, I had boxers on, but <laughs> I was just like letting everything air out. And this was, the, this was in December. It's not right. I hate it. I know. It's not what I signed up for. No, uh, but that is something you can't control. Now, you also have a tag that I'm intrigued by because I've never been on a swan hunt. But I know that there are, I have a buddy that I think he went to South Dakota and shot one. Okay. Um, but you've got to apply for the tags in some of these states. You're actually going to the Carolinas. Yeah, I'm going to North Carolina to Hyde County. Um, I guess it's called like Swan Quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I put into the lottery and got drawn. Uh, lucky day. So I've got it in hand. I'm going to go down end of the month, week of Christmas. I think on like 21st. Okay. And so how do those hunts work? Like, do they put out a bunch of swan decoys and like, do you, do you call, I mean, I've hunted every type of waterfowl except for I've never hunted swans. So I don't even know. Yeah. I've never, I've never swan hunted before. This is my first time getting one of the tags. Um, I want to guess that it's similar to like snow geese where you're laid out with a million decoys wearing a, you know, a white painter's suit freezing hopefully yeah <laughs> and they come in i mean i've heard i've watched the videos where the people pop up on them and like you can just hear them it sounds like a lawnmower's coming i mean they're yeah. so big oh nasty beast you don't use dogs because they're nasty and they will hurt your dog um those that's kind of the gist of what i know about it i was wondering if you don't use dogs for that reason or if it's because you're shooting one swan and you want to get it mounted so you just kind of want to don't beat it up yeah it's me and three other guns in this one so we've all got a whole hunt for three birds four me and three others four yeah sorry okay (laughs) four guys yeah it's about a six hour drive i mean it's worth it you know you get one that oh shoot i would do it i'm just i'm just doing the uh, math in my mind here of everything that goes into you know one bird so uh, it's like going out with any of the uh the duck guides on the eastern shore you know on like like sea ducks once you have one of those experiences all they do is like you ever gonna go goose hunting again all that work <laughs> to get one goose out of a field it's like yeah. yeah i'll probably still do that too but this is a lot of fun yeah right on um well so what is going on as far as the senate right now because uh, yeah. i know we are, we've been talking about the uh, appropriations bill over the past couple months our last few visits what's the latest there yeah, so they voted last week, the Senate did, 100 to zero. So every single senator happened to vote um, in favor of continuing resolution or keeping the government funded at its current levels um, for an extended time while they still try to work out what next year's appropriations um, are going to be. So they voted on Thursday late um, to delay uh, a vote on final passage uh, till February 18th of next year. And that's the big package that includes, you know, the trophy language that section 436 that we've been talking about. So which just to reiterate means that, yeah, you uh, can still go to Africa and shoot whatever you want or wherever, but there's not going to be anyone paid by the United States government to actually process your permit to bring it back. So it's right there. 
Exactly. That's how the language is written is to block any, any, like nobody can use their government time to process permits because yeah. there, there'll be a block on it. But um, one other cool thing, you know, I think since we last talked, I think it was like three weeks ago now is the, the house natural resource Republicans held an international conservation forum that was led by uh, Bruce Westerman from Arkansas um, that had witnesses of, uh, you know, managers uh, and authorities from Africa. So they had, you know, um, they had the director of wildlife for the ministry in Tanzania. Um, they had Zimbabwe's ambassador, Chifamba, and they had Maxi Pia Louise, who represents uh, the community leaders, um, giving testimony. And they had, you know, members of Congress asking them questions. It was kind of the whole gist of it was, all right, we're here talking to you. We're hearing what you're saying. Uh, were you consulted at all when this language is put into the original bill? You know, resounding, nope, nobody asked us, you know, what our thoughts were and this was sound uh, legislation. So it was, it was well, eye-opening. Because our politicians don't give a crap. Then. They, well, that, they made that clear. To Africa, what they can and can't do. Exactly. So we've talked about that nothing pisses me off more as far as wildlife management goes than seeing this country, who is the greatest at managing wildlife in the world. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But when we try to dictate to other countries that are using our model, like here's the blueprint, we gave it to you. Oh, now you're using it. We'll take that and shove it up your ass because we don't care. Like, right. how much sense does that make? So backwards, man. Yeah, right. awful. So sustainable use hunting is only for us. We, we, we don't care if you want to use it. Right, I mean, it should be modeled as our greatest export, right? Right, but it's, it's, no. Um, okay, so that still is that remains to be seen. Um, what about no net loss? What's the latest? <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot going on on that front. You know, uh, the Alaskan Federal Subsistence Board um, had so back in the summer they kicked the can. Right, they had public comment. We got everyone fired up, letting them know that this was happening. Uh, they weren't going to have it be public comment, but so much interest came in from hunters that they did it publicly, got a load of comments in our petition that, that was circulated, um, and they kicked the can. So they kicked the can to have more public comment, and they've had two of those over the last couple of weeks. Um, and I've been really impressed with how many folks that have shown up for this public comment have been pro-hunting. Um, opposing this closure, you know, in Alaska of 60 million acres. Mm -hmm. um, so they had their last one last week on Thursday, and they're going to be reconvening in April. Um, so we're just, you know, continuing to bang on the drum, get in front of different decision makers, just continuing to harp on the fact that this decision wouldn't be science-based. Um, it would just be a gross closure. And that's something that we've talked about at SCI, you know, since the beginning of this administration is, you know, we, we've, we've had really good years where we've expanded a lot of access. Um, and we don't want to see that shrink, you know, where there's still a lot of ground to be made for getting more access. I mean, the biggest hindrance to people getting into hunting, right. Um, but we don't want to see it go backwards and something like a 60 million acre closure is mind bogglingly going very far back. Well, and here's the problem is yes, that lands in Alaska. Guess what? I own that land. It's mine. It's yep. yours. Yeah. So closing it for no reason, no science. When it has one of the, the largest caribou herds, sustainable caribou herds in Alaska, uh, moose hunting is another huge thing there. But we've talked about the numbers. It's only like a couple hundred caribou 
moose that are getting shot there. It's not like right. it's so hard to get. It's Alaska. It's hard to get to uh, logistically and financially. It's a big commitment, even for Alaskan residents. I was talking to Lewis uh, Cusack, yeah. the, uh, the uh, SCI Alaska chapter president, and he was like, yeah, man, I, I hunt there, but it is still an endeavor and a commitment just to get in there. It's not like every Alaskan can just drive into that 60 million acres. No, it's like remote. So right. uh, the, re- the I guess the local people are the ones pushing the narrative of too much traffic. We don't like seeing airplanes flying over. Kiss my ass. It's not your land. Yeah, it's, it's not land. a pressure issue. Exactly. And then, you know, just on the no net loss, too, if you go back to the lower 48, um, we saw a Center for Biological Diversity sue um, the 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 uh, expansion of access on refuges uh, under Trump. So they sued there. And at the same time, we have the Biden administration, you know, proposed an expansion of access as well. That's not finalized. So it makes it interesting because they're suing the last administration for doing something that this administration is also going to do. We'll see if that ends up affecting, you know, how they make their decisions in this administration. Um, But that's kind of just the gift that keeps giving because it's just such gross overreach. Their arguments are terribly unbased. Um, So that's one that, you know, our lawyers are just chomping at the bit right now to to take on. I um, just filled up the truck with gas. It was 70 bucks. And I put my... I did that Biden sticker right there on the <laughs> <laughs> on the uh, gas pump. So I'm sure that more and more of those. Yeah. Um, anyway. Okay. So what about, let's talk about Europe because it seems like every once in a while you hear something like, wow, Europe actually listened to science for a change. But the last two things that I've heard uh, coming out of the UK and then Spain are it seems like we're back to just square one with Europe is like you know the leader in how to not use science for wildlife management yeah well I'll start off with a with a, with a piece of glimmering hope was in Brussels in the in the parliament um I believe it was today they are doing the same thing as like the Biden administration with this 30 by 30 conserving 30 percent of the lands and waters by the year 2030 so It's not a unique bad idea to hear that they're doing it over there as well. But in their initial write-up of it, they basically equated hunting to, say, mining, just extracting a resource, you know, and and ruining, you know, the earth. So they were going to try and close down 10% of those lands over there to all hunting. Um, But our, you know, great strong friends at FACE over in Brussels worked diligently and were able to kill that language and remove hunting from being that sort of extractive use um so that's not under threat as it had been so that was a win well and it's apples and oranges because wildlife is renewable like mining maybe in millions of years right okay that stuff can replenish but not in our lifetimes not in our in our kids kids lifetimes i mean it's that's absurd so to try to say that you know to compare hunting to mining is just asinine on every level. Well, they tried it and it fell out. So that was good. But then the UK, I mean, ground zero for any sort of trophy ban, right? And they've been talking about it since 2020, how they're going to shut down all trophy importations. Well, over the weekend, they had all their big tabloids, you know, they read um, the Sunday mail um, and the mirror reporting that this week, there's going to be a big decision made by parliament, whether it's Boris Johnson or, you know, 
one of the members of parliament introducing uh, trophy ban language, adopting it or introducing new language and moving on it this year. So we're really watching closely what's going to happen there with that sort of new attention brought to it. Hmm. And then in Spain uh, last week, they passed an animal sentience bill. So basically the gist of the bill is, you know, animals should have the same rights as people do. Um, So that's obviously one of great concern. Um, How will that affect some of our outfitters? You know, like Ibex is huge in Spain. Right. I mean, we we have exhibitors that come to our convention from Spain. Um, Totally. Language has to be alarming. Yeah. I mean, mean, sentient beings, animals. No, they're animals. And it's the same language that they use out of the UK. They did with this animal welfare bill. And we're seeing it here in the States too. Um, There's a lawsuit that's coming up in federal court in New York um, to have Happy the Elephant, who's in the Bronx Zoo, you know, um, recognized as a a human. Um, So, I mean, we're seeing them pop up everywhere. Does the elephant have the same DNA as you and I? No. Then get the hell out of here. But happy can recognize himself in a mirror, supposedly. So I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> elephants are cool. They're still elephants. I mean, yeah. what in the what kind of world do we live in, man? This is insanity. it's backwards, man. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it went through pretty clearly. It looked like in Spain. I mean, the most vocal voice was the past president of the Spanish Hunting Federation, um, who's a member over there. But it's just bananas to just see it. The Spanish um, Hunting Federation sounds like a pro hunting outfit. They are. So that was the one voice like of reason that was saying oh. this is ridiculous. Okay. What yeah. are you thinking? Right. Oh, jeez, dude. It's just absurd. I, I sometimes I just wake up and have to pinch myself and say, am I, am I living? Is this reality? Is this what the world's come to? Oh, I feel bad for my kids. But all we can do is keep fighting. That's why right. I, I that's why I love having these conversations with you and, and hey. being an avid supporter of, of SCI. Uh, because somebody has to stand up for our rights or we're just going to get steamrolled. And it's the shitty thing is, is that it's the extreme minority that screams the loudest. Right. Most people don't care that we hunt. Right. They're indifferent. What seven? What is it? Seven percent of people hunt in North America. It's like seven percent or something like that. Yeah. Most. Right. The majority of people don't care. You know, my neighbors don't hunt. They think it's cool that I do. They're intrigued by it. They don't. They haven't ever said take me hunting, but they're always asking me about it. So they're not anti-hunting. I think that's the majority of America. But then you have the small group, the seven percent on the other end, that bitch and moan, and all they are is a uh, the money-making machine like PETA and Humane Society. They don't do anything for conservation, but they make they raise millions of dollars and line the pockets of politicians who probably once again. Don't give a shit about hunting one way or the other, Ben. They don't care, but they like money. So they're going to say, yeah, let's ban. That sounds good. How many millions of dollars are you willing to donate to my uh, reelection campaign? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm against hunting. Yeah, I can be with you on that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I had a thought on that. It just slipped my mind, though. Yeah, just the the other side, so well organized, right? Mm -hmm. That's the thing. But I've we seen it from our we side for a long time. Yeah. But like from our side, I mean, when our voice as hunters is injected into the conversation, it makes a real difference because we are backed by the science. Right? right. We have the wildlife authorities. 
that agree with us. It's not being done because of a money-making sort of proposition. It's a much more, you know, honest approach. Um, and I've just seen it, you know, like just going back to that, to Alaska with them kicking the can down and doing that closure. Like if we just sat back and just let that go, that would have just happened, right? But it is incredible. And it actually gives me some optimism in a place where there's a lot of cynics, you know, Washington, D.C., because <laughs> the hunter does make a difference on it because our arguments are sound. It's just about us really being the loud chorus about it. I, I think something needs to, like, you need a, a round of applause for taking one for the team and actually living in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Somebody has to do it. Better you than me, but uh, I, I appreciate that sacrifice. I, I am here for you. Immensely, yeah. Oh, shoot. I'm in the, the halls of Congress, so you can be in the field. Yeah. 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 Uh, Congress, is there anything else going on there that we need to hit on? Or we already we talked about uh, the Senate kicking the can down the road on appropriations. I'm not sure if Congress specifically has anything else. Um, if not, yeah, they're, they're they're doing some, some good work in Congress too. You know, um, Senator Barrasso from Wyoming, he's the the ranking Republican um, for the uh, Energy and Natural Resources Committee. They had a really uh, interesting hearing last week on outdoor recreation. Uh, I think there's a lot of his work that had included in there stuff like the Film Act, which I think could be of interest to you. I mean, right now, you want to film a show that's on like public lands, and you're just doing it, you know, on your iPhone, still requires permitting, which is yeah. just insane because there's just, you're not bringing in like a whole rig and all that and like destroying the landscape. Yeah. You've got it on your phone. So streamlining that, taking out that sort of permitting burden. I think that's a really cool bill that, that he's put up and that's in the package. Yeah, There's I don't also think people one. realize that, that uh, like uh, I was talking to Ty Stubblefield who used to be with uh, Born and Raised um, and they said that that permitting process prevented them from, from doing a lot of hunts like from state to state, like, you know, and it was very cumbersome. But now they are, they're making a TV show, uh, but for the average guy, you want to do something with your iPhone, you shouldn't have to get a permit for that and put it no, on. Your open up the access, let people celebrate their public lands and share their experiences on their public lands. Why are they making it so burdensome? Like those are, I, I film stuff with my phone. Is that illegal? Do I need a permit? If I then put it on social media, I don't know. Do I, I mean, I don't know. You'd have to look at each. I'm like, not making part. a show, but so, so here's me. I'm calling in this elk. It's not one that I want to shoot. But here's the video. It's like two minutes. Then I put it on social media, YouTube, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I you know you see that stuff all the time. Those guys aren't getting permits for that. I'm certainly not. I didn't know I needed one if I did. Right. So that, I mean, that's insanity that I would even be had have I would to be required that. to have one. Right. It's insane. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. So I mean, it's a it's an old law in place from a different time that needs to be updated. Barasso's on that, which is awesome. Then another one is just uh, authorizing building of. Uh, of uh shooting um ranges on different u.s forest service properties like having them more widespread and developed um mm -hmm. which i think is awesome i mean it's obviously yeah. it's not hunting but that's that entryway right that's where we we dial in so a couple of really good things happened last week in that regard um but yeah they're they're, they're really focused on you know this big spending package and winding down the year um so you get to christmas at this point yeah uh, okay, well, let's uh, let's wrap it up with some 
what I was going to say positive news, or it's not really news. I mean, everyone knows about the convention. It's right around the corner. Um, coming up January, it's what, the 18th or is it the 19th? What, is, what day is it? Start? 19th to the 22nd, Las yeah. Vegas, Nevada, 50th anniversary. Yeah. Mandalay Bay. I've already got my room booked. And this will be the first one that I've ever attended. So I'm uh, really yeah, all right I'm about that. I'll have to get yeah. you a special ribbon on your name tag. Yeah. First time I, attending. I, I will take it gladly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, super pumped about that. Donald Trump Jr., Tucker, uh, Tucker Carlson. Craig Morgan, country singer. Um, who else is going to be there? Larry, the cable guy, uh, Jim Shockey, you know, the, the, the whole the whole lineup. We've got Jack Carr, the author, doing our Super PAC luncheon, Hunter Action Fund luncheon on Saturday. Um, and the list keeps getting better. I can't say all the names right now, but it's just awesome energy around the show. Um, we've got yeah. better registration right now than we've ever had um, this far out from the show. It's trickling down to all the different events and the, the banquets. I mean, you'd expect me to say this since I work for SCI, but if you're going to come get your banquet tickets now, they will sell out. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. A lot of good energy coming in right now. Oh, well, so where I was going with that, of course, that's all positive. The only negative is the stupid travel ban for Omicron, which by all accounts is giving people like a cold. Um, right. the, the travel ban might prevent certainly a lot of our South African exhibitors from coming. So that's uh, a pretty unfortunate development. Yeah, and here. it's, I mean, it's day-to-day, right? Like, the thing is, we, we didn't know what Omicron was. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't calling anything Omicron, you know. Um, I thought it was, like, Comic-Con or, like, some sort of anime convention right. up until, like, Thanksgiving, right? And then it became, like, everyone knew what it was. And then by that Monday, they shut travel down from South Africa and, you know, seven Southern African countries, you know. But it changes every day. Like, we had, we saw... Dr. Fauci on all the news shows yesterday saying that they're going to lift those restrictions Doctor, for travel. No, I thought it was Lord. Lord, Lord yeah. King. Yeah. <laughs> Emperor. Emperor Doctor. Fauci. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's on there talking about, you know, lifting it um, in what he called reasonable time. I don't know what his idea of reasonable time is, um, but these things, I mean, are all just eb- ebbing and flowing. I mean, at the end of the day, our whole team has been in touch with all the different exhibitors, you know, that want to come over from Africa. They're being very clear that they want to get there. They know that we're going to have, you know, full floor. Um, but it, a lot of it's, you know, trying to help them uh, work through this right now. And, you know, just let them know, like in uncertain times, we have, we are a certainty, like business will be done there. And we want to be able to give you that opportunity to help your business. So, you know, we're working out however we can to help accommodate. Yeah, and these uh, these outfitters, and it's not exclusive to South Africa. Uh, they lost a year's worth of revenue when COVID initially hit. Twenty twenty, boom, gone. That whole summer, which is Africa's winter, by yep. and large, they lost it. Uh, Canada, same thing. Travel bans lost a year's worth of revenue, and they're still hurting because Canada. If you're not vaccinated which I'm not, and I'm, I've missed a bear hunt because of that. I missed another opportunity to go um, shoot some uh, greenheads in Saskatchewan with Mossberg for that reason. I'm not, it's, that's not unique to me personally. There's plenty of people that are just like me saying, hey, you know, you get vaccinated if you want to. My parents are in their 60s. I'm glad they're vaccinated. I had COVID. I was fine. I'm not willing to do that. And because, yeah. because of these governments overreach, hey, the outfitters once again taking it on the chin. So 
that's unfortunate. Hopefully, because I'm trying to go back to Africa in July, it makes it real difficult to try to put a group together when it's up in the air is like, what, what's the travel situation going to be like? Yeah. I mean, from everything I've seen though, for us, for, you know, us citizens, it's open for us to travel and get back. It's just the international side right now with them getting in. Yeah. I talked to like our European friends, you know, they've all been scheduling their travel this week to come out and that's fine. They've got to take a PCR test a day out from their travel, but then, and yeah, but we have to do that to go there too. So it's, that's not right. That's, yeah. That's, so that hasn't changed, but that's just the way travel's done these days. So slight inconvenience. If you thought it was terrible before <laughs> go to the airport oh, now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was talking to Carl, my PH, the uh, second generation owner of John X safaris, one of yeah. the SCI's exhibitors and, they got so much rain on the Eastern Cape this week. We were actually supposed to tape an interview today. And he was like, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to cancel because I've got so many, like, I don't know. It was like dozens of kilometers of fencing that is washed away because they haven't had rain like this in six years. So wow. yeah, he was, he sent me some video. Oh, it was like much needed, but it, it all came at once. So <laughs> unprepared for that. The dams are breaking on ponds and, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to get him on and, and kind of get uh, his perspective on it here, hopefully next week. So, yeah, I'd love to tune in for that. Um, okay. Well, so that's, what's going on with the convention Mandalay Bay. Once again, January the 19th, 19th to the 22nd, second. um, I'll be and our, I'm excited. Our, our, our room rates end this week. So, and our yeah. discount package for the night entertainment. So, oh, yeah, so, so yeah, get talk about the, the discount package. Yeah, we've got a discount package on night entertainment. If you buy all four nights, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and one package, end up saving somewhere north of, you know, 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the cheapest deal that you'll get. And that's wrapping up this week. And that Same includes for, Trump Jr., Tucker Carlson, Tucker, Larry the Cable Guy, Craig yeah. Morgan. Um, yeah, all, all, all the big nights, you know, we'll have our international legislator of the year, our federal legislator of the year, you know, just big, awesome celebration of everything we do. And that's where our biggest auctions take place. Um, cool. So that wraps up. And then the discount rates on our room block at the Mandalay Bay. If you want to stay where Cable's staying, yeah. <laughs> got a book now. So awesome. Well, cool, man. Well, I certainly appreciate it. You guys can find uh, all of that at safariclub.org everything you need to know right there ben thanks for the time Anytime. always always great catching up i look forward to our next visit and i look forward to seeing um a pile of green heads from uh, arkansas and certainly the swan from uh, north carolina i'd like to see that as well it'll be behind me next time we talk <laughs> <laughs> all right my friend take care That's awesome you too God appreciate it cowboys. i believe there's a place in his heart Cause when the herd needs tending, fences need mending, he knows they'll work hard.